I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Lost Words Betting Podcast. I'm joined tonight by Bradley Todd. Brad, hello. Good evening, Tom. Good to be back. Yes, How good to have you back, mate. Yes, good, good to have you back. I know you were uh, not feeling your best last week, so glad that you're feeling better yes. and up to doing the podcast. Certainly wasn't, no. Yeah, uh, cheers. I'm assuming Jorge Campillo doesn't make that any better either, does he? When He uh... <laughs> He doesn't, no. I really fancied him when he touched the front, but yeah, cold, cold putter and uh, Valamaki just was sinking them and yeah he got it done so yeah i was very disappointed but it's uh wasn't meant to be when i saw vadalaki up there like he's had one of those seasons right where people think he's not i was actually chatting to mate yesterday um about it and he was sort of saying oh yeah he's not done anything you know since that win and i was like yeah but when you actually looked at it like he was actually still 30th on the race to the bye before mm-hmm. yesterday's win um now seventh because of that win and going to get a PGA Tour card at this rate. It's, yeah, it's like flashes of form though, isn't it? It's like yeah. he'll go, if he, he won't show up for a few weeks and then he'll just bosh and he'll, he'll be in the top 10 or top five or contending. He's a tough one to get right, but then you say that and he's uh, shown up on a another desert track where yeah. he won his sole win, came in a man. So, yeah, massive pointers there. I guess a lot of people just got put off by um, his miscut. Yeah. Um, the week I before i think yeah. we've seen a lot of it like i think you know me and jason were talking last week about like maybe it was a good thing for the schedule that you know spain and qatar were next to each other and I, you know whether that played out or not overall i'm not sure but like it didn't seem to really affect a lot of the players and you but when you look at his season as a whole like it's actually pretty impressive what he's done considering mm-hmm. most people would basically write off his season as pretty disappointing second at the singapore classic 22nd at the thailand classic Back-to-back 25th place finishes or top 25 place finishes at the Johnson Workwear and the Italian Open. 18th for the BMW International Open. Just consistently solid, mm-hmm. full for the Czech Masters, 2030 RS Open, 6th at Daniel Links, and then he wins. So, you know, it's it's actually been there. Um, he's yeah. just been able to put four rounds together, and finally he did. Um, unfortunately, to your detriment. But it's <laughs> it's he, he's the one where, if you look at, like, he's done it for a real, like, busy schedule. Like, you look at the the people those PJ Tour cards so far Moronk 22 events Ryan Fox 17 Perez 20 Mimuli 14 Valamaki 27 um where's so, Campillo I haven't actually looked Campillo is now 12th and he's and he's um, one of the people that's got the card so it's currently uh, Moronk Fox Perez Mimuli Valamaki Robert McIntyre Alexander Bjork Campillo Olison and Ryo Hitsasune um mm-hmm. risks uh, falling out but did he did he get his card through anything in Japan? He didn't. No, do no, I don't think so. Oh, so he, he needs that card, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, he needs it, yeah. You've got Yosh Lauten, Yannick Paul, Marcel Seam, Pavon. Um, I'm guessing these two final events, because I don't know if they still get, is this done now? Because, like, that you can't get your card after. I suppose it's done for the cards because you didn't get into Nedbank, right? So these, obviously, mm-hmm. there's still yeah. two tournaments that do count. So, Obviously, these cards can. Yeah, yeah. This was to get into the the Ned Bank and um, the one that follows are the yeah the DP, oh, the DP World Tour Championship. Yeah, and then it obviously comes down to who gets the cards from there, I believe. Yeah. No. So uh, there's obviously still decent storylines to play out over those two events and and two big mm. courses and events to to look at. 
Uh, not this week, though. Um, just the one event, the Worldwide Technology Championship, which, by the way, if you're ever writing articles and stuff, is a real pain in the ass to keep writing over and over again. Um, I think I shortened it to WWT. WWT, I think a lot of people do. <laughs> but this time I went full out with the old Worldwide Technology Championship for SEO purposes, and I'm fed up of saying it and writing about it now. So, um, yeah, I'll probably shorten it to WWT at some point during this podcast. But... Ludwig Aberg, nine to one favourite. Cam Young, thirteen to one. So he forgot a sixteen to one. And then you've got kind of a plethora of players at twenty-five to thirty, which is Jaeger twenty-fives, Lucas Glover twenty-eights, Hostler twenty-eights, Emiliano Guerrero twenty-eights, Thomas Dietrich thirty. Um, Brad, nine to one about Aberg. It's, it's weird because mm. I was kind of. I was really down on him compared to everybody else as we we're going into the Ryder Cup. Then I kind of got probably a bit high on him because of how well he played getting that kind of Ryder Cup position and then playing so well at the Ryder Cup. But yeah. nine to one just screams there's no one else that we can price up here rather than he should be nine to one. Mm, yeah, no, pretty much. I think he obviously shown exactly what he's about now. Um, and... I feel like you have to make him at price, but he doesn't. He's not going to invite many people to bet him. Um, but at the same time, he's going to be heavily motivated for a big week because he's not currently inside uh, the top 60, which will obviously get him into the bigger events, Pebble Beach and Genesis Invitational. So there is a lot of motivation for him to go and uh, get the job done this week. Um, and I think he's world number 58, isn't he? So he wants to be top 50 going into yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah, exactly. majors as well. So he's, he has got a lot to play for. Just... I just wonder, bro, like eventually there's got to be some sort of burnout for him. Like, I know he's young, but, like, he, he was playing PGA Tour events while still trying to finish that college season off, you know, and then I suppose he's not had that heavy a schedule, is he? Like, he's probably only paid yeah, like... He's took his Ozo off, hasn't he? Um, so, yeah, he might be just... Uh, he might just be refreshed. He's probably been in Texas and practicing, and, yeah, I reckon he's going to come come into this. And probably he probably will be up there. He'll be... Uh, I mean, he's nine to one. You'd expect yeah. him to be in the top ten, I'd, but you you just can't take him at that price personally. Um, I think the concern with these events, Brad, and like, I know Hovland's kind of put case this a little bit over the last couple of years, but like these birdie fest resort style events don't really play into the favourites' hands. Like it feels like no, sure. I know you, you don't want to say people that are great at putting are going to succeed, but it's people that have a good putting week. Uh, in these types of events that are really going to benefit and you know it's not so much the who's been the best tee screen player overall and who you know wow. can make those really hard shots so slightly negated I guess the the only counter to that is we don't know exactly how this course is going to play um mm-hmm. the idea that I've got and I'm sure you've probably got some thoughts on it Brad but the idea that I've kind of seen floating around is that it's effectively really wide fairways really wide yeah, green, yeah. which i actually think when people think that they think big hitters you know can just bomb it without a care in the world and then they'll just hit greens and make the putts but when they're massive greens brad like three putts come into the equation oh, big time. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know you've got undulating greens yeah. when, it actually like, looks pretty heavily bunkered from what i've looked yeah, at as they've well. got this arroyo thing they keep talking about um I don't think it's actually going to be a factor, but ultimately, like I think it's going to be a 20 under par event or there or thereabouts. Oh, given the conditions, I, yeah. I think I would be surprised if it isn't. Yeah. And I do think the bigger hitters are going to have an advantage, but mm-hmm. 
we've seen it so many times in the past. So you think about like Corrales and, and Puerto Rico and Mexico and all that. It always favours big hitters, doesn't it? But there's always that one. There's always that Tyler Duncan or Russell Knox or, or whatever that kind of sneaks up there. So yeah, completely to, to agree. Pigeonhole yeah. to to just big hitters would be a, a mistake, I think. So. Yeah. That's my overriding thoughts. Did you have any? Like, I've looked at like I've read about Kapalua being a you know correlation because of the undulating fairways and greens. Mm. I've seen Augusta. I've seen everything really. I know. Yeah. Um. I I just kept it pretty simple to be honest and looked for um previous form at um Mayakoba, Puerto Rico, the Mexico Open, yeah. Corrales, even Bermuda. You know, just coastal tracks that usually um it's a similar sort of event, you know, similar sort of field. Um, and obviously the Paspalum grass, it's yeah. not, that's not Bermuda. Um, I don't even think that was Mexico open. I think they might've used, um, Bermuda grass there, but, <laughs> yeah, but in general, there's, it's used throughout the courses somewhere or another usually. And, uh, I think having some sort of familiarity on it and how it plays is, um, is, is, it's got to be an advantage because they don't see it much on the PGA tour. So I think showing up in them kind of events is, um, ticks the box for me. Yeah, I think I think I because Tortives had Mexico Open down as a Bermuda grass event. Um, I've read a lot of things that the Mexico Open was Paz Panam as well, so I'm not 100% sure on that whether Mexico Open was excluded from the Paz Panam or not. Um, do you remember it being Bermuda grass on the week or? I, I don't know. I don't. I'm just going by um, everything yeah. else on more tips as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think there might be a that might be a Paz Palam event as well. So once. Mm. Yeah, I read. I did read that it it, it was as well. Yeah. And then and then obviously I read on the tour tips that it wasn't. So it's was a bit conflicting. That's why I was yeah. saying I'm unsure whether it is or not. I think I think there might be a hybrid of it. Like I think like it might have been some Bermuda. Or, mm. there definitely would have been Paz Palam in the in the course. It would have been like fair. Pass yeah. bottom fairways, possibly some part of it would have been pass bottom. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, look, I think there's a couple of players at the top of the market that really came to my attention. The first one, we're, we're not going to be, well, I might still be on this person yet, but the first one that came to mind for me was Bo Hostler, and it just feels like he's he's trending towards that win. And it's very easy to say that when he's on 28th, 7th, and 2nd, but it's actually been. Um, I think pretty sustained period of form now. Like he went, he went completely off a cliff for a long time. Um, probably since he had that chance to win in Houston. Um, yeah. Against the Impulsion, and all of a sudden he just seems to have figured it out again. Like you go back to the Mexico Open earlier in the year, tied tenth, Memorial twenty fourth, John Deere twenty sixth, Barracuda sixth, three M Open thirteenth. Then you have got twentieth at the Phillips in June, and this year thirtieth, twenty eighth, seventh, second in these four series events is. You know, it's about as good a form line as you can get. So my only concern with Hostler is he's one of these players that is actually a reliable, quite impressive putter. And sometimes that gets negated on these past pattern greens. Um, and his history on those types of courses would suggest that. Now, he's got that attempt to Mexico Open this year. He's playing so well, I think he'll overcome that. So he was the one for me, Brad, um, at 2081 that, that came the closest. But I think you were kind of talking about potentially Emiliano Grillo being someone that you like to look at the sort of market. Yeah, no, I think up the top, he was the one that appealed the most to me, just off the basis of like, um, you know, as we saw with Sahib Tagala at the Fortinet, you know, it doesn't have to be there, but I think he just wants to play. And this is obviously these type of events. He's just shown up in an abundance over the years, like under Pass Bloom uh, grass and just on coastal events um, a bit wind affected like he, he just shows up so 
uh, over over the, uh, at the top of the market, he definitely um, stood out as the the best option below thirty to one. Yeah, uh, for me. Yeah, I think I think the Grillo is one of those ones where the only counsel I have to Grillo because he has got a lot of form in his courses. I just feel like he's the one that benefits from it being that slightly shorter mic over positional test. You know what I mean? But we we as we yeah. start the show, like we don't know that isn't going to be the case. Yeah, that's why I don't think it's wise to put all your eggs in yeah. um, one basket. Yeah, given we haven't even seen how it plays before. Yeah. Funny you say wise in one basket. I mean, Aaron Wise would have been great here, wouldn't he? You definitely. I said eggs, eggs in one basket. <laughs> um, it's it's amazing, really. Like some of the players that just keep turning up at these events, keep turning up as Padam. Like it's definitely a thing. Like a lot of people don't want to like even entertain pass padam links and course links and all that sort of stuff and mm. if the number shoots out or something they're not interesting but like it, it, you have to look at these events i think like you, you go to gorilla it even goes back as far as the dp world tour stuff and you know doha mm. and the cimb classic and things like that so um and he's had a hell of a year like i mean he's <laughs> like tied sit for the the open uh, obviously won the charles schwab um and yeah, in general, he's just been pretty consistent. You know how we were looking at sort of Alamaki's year. He was just yeah. There's a lot of top tens um, and just very steady performances uh, throughout the year. So I think it's it's definitely been his best year to date. So this could be um this could be like he's he's really developed this year and sort of uh, into a, a top player. I I mean, he's, up, he's up to 34th in the world rankings as well. So yeah, says it already. I was talking about this with Matt earlier and I was saying like is Grillo back to the best self like and, and what I mean by that is like because if I say is Grillo back to his best well he was like rookie of the year wasn't he and mm. just wonder if like the game has evolved slightly since of, like that season of how good he was so I, I wonder if his best doesn't necessarily put him where he was in relation to the rest of the world at that point but mm. I don't think he's far away from his actual best golf which is is definitely good enough to, to compete week in week out mm-hmm. yeah I, I, I can see that um i i think this is the best he's shown personally yeah. um give it especially with the performance at the open as well like that, yeah. that was massive um and yeah I, I think he's trending upwards i think he's still got a lot to show and it feels like he's been around forever but i think this year's been massive for him and um as i said like i think him showing up into the event where he doesn't really need to it just shows that he he just loves it he's like this is exactly what he's about and he wants he obviously wants to win um and then yeah improve on the year that he's already had um and he's off the, off the back of a top 10 at the zozo as well so um yeah there's a, there's a lot to like there really is um I, I think as i said i just he's the one that um appeals to me from at the top yeah do you know how old emiliano grillo is oh without looking yeah. i'm gonna say early 30s yeah 31 which is when you see your point about how long we're out like how long he's been around like it i think it was i think he was rookie of the year in 2015 so yeah, that's after he won didn't he yeah eight years on from that season um time definitely flies in this in this career of golf and you you could argue couldn't you that like he's still got 10 15 years of some of his best golf ahead of him it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting to see where his career could go from this um 100 yeah, so looking forward to more Emiliano Grillo. i do like him um 
That was a lot of talk about someone that we're not picking, but let's go into. <laughs> no, no, I've got to pick. I've got to pick him. I've got to pick him. I've got to go with it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick out of there. Okay. Got to be on. Gonna be on Milano Gruner this week. Nice. Cool. Um, next one, Akshay Batia, Brad. Um, yes, I'm slightly concerned as his odds have suddenly disappeared oh. on Sky Bet. So unless they know something we don't. Um, but anyway. I'll go into my spiel why I like him. Uh, I think he's going to be very popular yeah. this week because, uh, yeah, in his short career as a professional, he's he's pretty much telegraphed to us all that he he loves a coastal wind-affected test. So there's not going to be much wind, it looks like, this week. But either way, it's it's going to be there and it can come at any point. Um, but, yeah, that's it. It's what's in store for this week. And he has bundles of form, similar to Grillo. Um, that I see as relevant and catches the eye. His first professional win came on the Corn Ferry Tour in Bahamas, uh, which features Pascal Grass. He also has um, a fourth and a seventh place finish in four events that he played out in the Bahamas um, on the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, he did come close to breaking through, um, obviously before before he did on the Barracuda, Barracuda Championship. He came close um, at the Puerto Rico Open, um, yeah, which is another course that is by the coast. Feature Paspalum, and so yeah, it's it, it, it ticks them boxes, and he also has a fourth place at the Mexico Open, 17th at the Bermuda Championship, and 24th place finish at the Corrales. I mean, it's all there, and he's obviously, as I said, a recent winner at the Barracuda Championship. Two missed cuts followed, um, but it looks as though he's trending into a bit of form again at the right time. Um, he's finished um, tied 43rd, 35th, and 21st in his last. Three appearances um and yeah it just it does feel like a no-brainer to me he's his price has come in a little from 40 to one which is where i took him um but yeah he hits it miles um he will love the wide open fairways and this type of golf and i thought it was a very fair price given that he's um obviously a recent winner and he's he's coming into a bit of form again um so yeah i like i really like him this week yeah, Hopefully he's playing. Well, yeah, <laughs> I was just looking at why you were saying it. I don't know, just because I was looking at why you were saying it, I'm not 100% sure if you mentioned the, the Corn Ferry wins, but they were they were on, uh, well, that yeah. win was on um, Paspanum as well. So he's mm-hmm. he's great. And I think, like, as far as I can tell, he's playing. He's committed to the Bermuda next week as well. So it'd be weird if he wasn't playing now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. He, he looks to be playing. I should be it's just taking down. He's 35 to 1 is currently the best yeah. price. So, yeah, yeah, he was 35 with Sky before I... Um... Before we came on pod, I had a little look, so I just don't know why he's just appeared. I'm going to have a look on their site anyway, just to see if it's just an odds yeah. thing. Oh no, he's still out. Yeah, he's still yeah. on there. With Sky. Yeah, 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 still on there. I've got him on odds checker now as well, so we're all flying. Luke um, List is Jason's first pick, who obviously by this point we realise is not here. Um, I am going to make my best attempt of why Jason would be going for Luke List and. It's pretty easy for me, actually, because I was looking at him as well. Um, I haven't pulled the trigger yet, and this is kind of one of those, like, I'm still not sure where I'm going to go there or Bobo Hoster or what I'm going to do, so we'll decide as we're going along in the podcast. But, like, I've been really impressed with Luke List. Another one that definitely fell off the wagon for a while, um, and then all of a sudden just kind of showed a bit, like 34 Byron Nelson made the cut um, at the charge for finished 16th at Memorial, 33rd at the Travellers. Um, withdrew from the Rocket Mortgage, but then went 35th Scottish Open, 25th Fortinet, win the Sands and Farms, 18th to back up that win at the Shriners. Mm-hmm. Then when you look at his kind of past pattern form, it's actually, you know, makes for pretty good reading as well. Um, 
in the past. So I'm, like, I'm pretty impressed with, you know, Luke List and, and what he's shown. Is, it's, it's going a while back on his past Bavin form, but he's got um, a seventh at the this event back in the day at the, the OHL Classic, it was called then, 15th for the Puerto Rico Open, 13th for the CIMB, 8th for the Corrales in 2020. So there's actually plenty on there. And they do say that kind of like this Paspalum levels out, um, you know, bad putters at times because it's, it's a slower, you know, strain of grass and things like that. And to be honest, he was absolutely flying after that first win. He was he was sixth after round one and two at the Shriners um, and then kind of faded over the weekend, but still shot 69 and 67. So it's, it's weird with lists. Like the reason I haven't been able to fully pull the trigger yet is because he just, he's that hard one that when he won the Tory Pines, I think everyone was like, all oh, right, like Lou List has finally got the monkey off his back. Like he's got the perfect game to carry it on and didn't, right? And mm-hmm. it looks like that again, like, oh, he's, he's coming into form. He's got yeah. a, Is that what's like, putting you off? It's, you yeah. feel like he, he's not the type yeah. to win two in no. three appearances. Yeah, it's just, it's just one of those ones where, like, I think, oh, we're going to have another year barren spell after, <laughs> you know, because yeah. he's actually almost followed it straight up with another really good performance. It's like, oh, how long is this one going to last? Um, and we shouldn't think like that. We should just look at what the... Of course you know, not, no, but you can't help it creep into your mind because it's so often that it does. That is this, the is, this is quite... Some, every now and then I'll say to Shannon, like, you know, you, you sometimes just have a look at these form figures and you don't have any bias with these players, so you pick someone. Um, and she never does because she, she'll sit on the fence. But it's it's quite a good experiment, I think, because yeah, yeah. we've got these things ingrained in us of, oh, they can't, you know, can't possibly do that. And... Sometimes the numbers just just you should ignore that and go with them. So, um, I think the value is fair at forty to one. Um, I think so, yeah. And you've got Svensson and Chris Kirk ahead of him. I like JJ Spawn, but no real reason to have him ahead of him. Thomas Dietrich definitely not ahead of him. So, um, it's weird. That I don't think why Grillo has not been pushed up in between, um, you know, Jaeger and Thigala, probably at like a twenty-two to one, and why. Um, loot list is, is not in that kind of 30 33 to one range is mm. two that i think are slightly misplaced um yeah. as well. yeah. we should see this glover is another one that you just don't know what's going no. just a bit well him cameron young you've got two players there that haven't competed in yeah ages and they could just come out and yeah take the piss really and win <laughs> like you yeah. know both very both good enough um probably cameron young obviously is the one that needs to um and if it is say uh favoring the bigger hitters which is what we're saying it will yeah. then yeah he should have a day um it, it felt like to me with cameron young that like if someone was to ask me who's the most likely out of aber young and thigala i would just say young because he's due like mm-hmm. aber's got that recent win on db i saw thigala's won the fourth in it like young is the perfect profile just like the other two are but he hasn't got the win and serious months when he's back yeah yeah like it just happens um and then glover is Probably a similar argument to Grillo in the sense that you probably think he's better off on the shorter courses, but we just don't know. So uh, yeah, interested to see how that plays out. But next pick for me, definitely not worried about length with this one. Uh, Cameron Champ is 50 to 1 now. Uh, it was 60 to 1 earlier. Um, there was 10 places available at one point. I'm not sure where that was, but um, 50 to 1, 8 places now for Cameron Champ, which I do really like. Both me and Jason are on him. I was on Cameron Champ at 66 to 1 uh, at the Zozo Championship, and I thought that was really as, good. As was I, mate. As was yeah. I. Um, didn't, didn't do it right, but like the one, like that week, I felt it was like a against the trend pick. I know he'd had the course finished the year before, but like, or the two years before, maybe, but like 
that kind of like a full storm like it doesn't seemingly wasn't the most obvious event for him and mm -hmm. maybe in five years time he never plays well at the Zozo again and you think oh that was just a freak result whereas this this course should really suit him so he only finished 59th in that 78 man field but before that he was playing really well uh ninth for the Sanson Farms where he's fifth after 54 holes and then 18th for the Shriners where he's a 54 hole leader um when I was writing all this earlier on, on Ozchecker, like he was 66 to one, exactly the same price, and I thought that was that was strange. I know it was obviously you know half the size of the field at Zozo, but it was a lot stronger. Um, and you just look at you know past Padam, you know events for him in the past, tenth for this you know Mike over the other course, sixth and eighth for the Mexico Open. Um, he's been fine at Capilla and places like that where he's been driver heavy. Undulation at Augusta, he's, he's shown that he's very good there. Every reason to think, Brad, that Cameron Champ is signposting, I think, another victory. Mm -hmm. Yep, definitely. And he has, a, I mean, that one performance last week is not enough to put off really no. that progress he's made recently. Um, and yeah, this is exactly the type of course and test that he's shown that he can show up on in the past. So yeah, I think he's a great option. There's a few, there's a few at that price range where I could quite have easily taken, and he was one of them. So yeah, I'm all for it. Into the kind of 80 and 90 to 1 region for our next picks, Brad. Who is there anyone for you in this kind of 50 to 80 to 1 range that kind of caught your eye that you had to leave out? Uh, I think got her up just because of his ceiling, because um, he's a massive, massive hitter. Uh, he's secured his card for next year, so he's got nothing to lose. And we've seen him come onto the scene, not the PJ Tour scene, and obviously he fell away, but he he really uh, impressed. And I think now he's got his um, PJ Tour called lock, locked up. I think that he can just come in knowing that he's he'll be uh, playing on the PJ Tour next season. He can just show what he can, what he's about, and yeah, he, he's a he's a, a monster hitter. So yeah, he I think just ceiling wise, I probably would say uh, got her up. Yeah. yeah. I think for me it's like Sam Ryder like I've been on him a couple of times this season really think there's like a a massive upside for him I just mm -hmm. it's almost one of those like how many times have I had to back him without getting any results oh, back no, but, I, I, that's like Chad Ramit Ramey for me <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly but when I look at Sam Ryder and this I might even convince myself again second at the Corrales fifth at the Great Abaco Classic 12th at the Corrales third at the Puerto Rico Open, second at the Corrales, eighth for this event last year. Um, it's pretty it's pretty good reading, isn't it? Um, Very good, yeah. In terms of Paspalum. And then you think about the fact that he's, you know, a decent driver of the golf ball. That's kind of one of his assets. Um, I could be close on Sam Ryder again. I'm very indecisive this week. I'm not normally like this. I'm, I'm kind of coming to this pretty bulletproof. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm sitting here. I'll probably rule loot list out and have to decide whether I'm going to add another one in in Sam Ryder or go nearer the top with uh, Bo mm. Austin. That's where I'm sort of sitting at the moment. But let's go a bit more definitive. Um, let, let's stop kind of doing all these ifs, buts, and maybes. No, uh, no, I don't mind. I don't mind the ifs, buts, and uh, <laughs> maybes because yeah, I mean, I was very close on uh, Grayson Sig as well. He's just yeah. someone that never ever really places. Oh, no. feels like wins, but it's like he's actually got really good passing form and coastal form. And uh, I was like, oh god, do I? But then I just came to like like the recollection that he just doesn't do it, does he? And it's just he does enough to sort of get top twenties and thirties and. 
he just, just he never does it. And when he has a chance, like final round, he'll, he'll put in a stinker. Uh, but he's shown a little bit recently, had a good performance last time out. And yeah, he was someone that I was very close to, um, Grayson Sig. Um, yeah, him and Gosper up. The annoying thing with Sig is like, he's he never plays bad enough where you get those nice like placement odds where like he's a 400 to one out exactly, exactly yeah. yeah that's why it's like it's so tough to even bet yeah. him in the placement market you can't do anything you always got to go like head to head or something which is a wild experience <laughs> with grace and sig uh, yeah, exactly. one player that's playing really well that i don't think i'm gonna bet especially in 2023 but like Vince Whaley um, is just mm. playing some consistent golf right now. And again, another one, you look at his past pattern form, second at the Great Abaco Classic, ninth for the Puerto Rico Open, 15th for the Puerto Rico Open. And then, strangely, Brad, he has finished 28th three times at the Carreras, 2020, 2021, 2022. So if, if, you can, there in the past, I think. <laughs> yeah, if you can bet on Vince Whaley to finish 28th at the Carreras, do that now. Um, why don't you get the price? Because... It'll be two to one to do that next year. But when you look at his actual form, um, sixth at the Boise Open to finish off his kind of conference tour run, 25th at the Fortinet where he was 18th going to the final round, 28th at the Sanson Farms, and then 13th at the Shriners where he was fourth going to the final round. Vince Whaley's just playing some really good golf and showing it on past Panama as well. So it's not a massive surprise that he's sitting there at 80 to one. So another one that in this 80 to one range is, is appealing. Um, he's a sneaky long as well. He yeah. really is. So I think I think yeah. he ticks all the boxes, Vince Whaley, which is strange at this time of uh, of his career. But um, yeah. Jason's gone with Eric Van Royen at this 80 to 1 bracket, eight places. I mm-hmm. definitely see it. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. I've been there for the last few weeks and again, not really yielded what I wanted to yield from it. So 8th, 16th, 30th, 16th, and 23rd is, is that. Um, I don't know what's got. I was going to say something really inappropriate, but I'll say it's that teasing range uh, that he's he's in at the moment there at Van Royen, where he's yes. he's getting you excited about things and, and never quite getting over the line. So, um, yeah, that's where I feel like we're very Van Royen at the moment, but can absolutely see the logic behind the pick. But the next one for me uh, is Brandon Wu, who I knew was just going to be on everybody's card and just kind of had yeah. to live with it. Um, 90 to 1 8 places, second and third at the Mexico Open, third and seventh at the Puerto Rico Open. Uh, it's just very obvious that he loves pass pad and golf, right? And then when you look at closer on tour tips, like kind of like the current form, it, the, the actual final finishes are not great. We had a second round 65 at the 3M, another second round 65 at the Wyndham to leave mate going into the weekend. Weekend rounds are 67 66 at the FedEx St. Jude. 65 to sit second after round one at the Sands and Farms. Like he's clearly doing enough to suggest that he's in good form and making birdies. And you factor in the fact he's now back on past panel, which he absolutely loves. I, I really like the, the volatility of someone like Brandon Bull at 90 to 1 in a field like this. Yeah, I gave him a good look as well. And what was impressive was that he, he was never in great form when he shows yeah. up at these events. Like he doesn't have to be in like excellent form um i think it was at the vedanta mexico open um he's coming off 26th at the zurich classic that's you yeah. know it's nothing but before that he really didn't have much going Coming off like two missed cuts 58th um obviously second pebble beach i know it's different but it's still coastal test right coming yeah. off really poor form 
Um, well, yeah, Mexico Open again. Um, he's coming off to Zurich, but before that, it was a it was in better form then. But yeah, he just he he, he just turns it on on where he wants when like on a test that suits. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I can I was I gave him a really good look uh, today, and, I, and another player I was. It was as you said. I was very. You were indecisive. I was also pretty indecisive. Um, I had like four. I locked in, and then there was like, like a few others. I was just like deciding between, and it was tough. But yeah, he was definitely um, in the mix. He was in the mix. I think he's at a very good price. Yeah. Let, let's look at the player who you opted for instead of that. Um, and mm, as yes. as I'm reading this, we we kind of I think Matt kind of brought him up on the drafting show, and I as I. Yeah, and as I'm looking at the kind of form now that you're definitely going to rattle off in your explanation, I can mm. see why Harry Hall is appealing at this price. Yeah, so he's had two solid performances in a row that have caught my eye. And yeah, some might say the tied 26th at the TPC Summerlin, because he's a member there, might it might be a slight disappointment to him. But yeah, still a good performance. He was in poor form uh, before then. Um, then he had, he backed it up though, which is good to see that high 21st at the Zozo Championship yeah, a lot more respectable and I, since he's got onto the PJ Tour he's, he's taken a liking to these coastal tests um, given he's originally from Cornwall it's no real surprise I guess uh, but he's had 7th place finish at the Puerto Rico Open a 10th at the Mexico Open and a tied 13th at Corrales as we've already mentioned they all look like good pointers to this week um, he's threatened to break through this year in much better fields. Like undoubtedly, his best opportunity came at the the Charles Schwab Challenge, where he threw it away over the weekend. Um, he's he's a player that I just really rate. I have done um, for a while when he was on the Corn Ferry Tour, um, and I just feel like this event is another excellent opportunity to break through um, on a course that should suit given everything we've read and about it and seen and uh he has the ability to go low uh we've seen it so many times in, in birdie fest and if it does turn into one which we expect it will like uh, he, he can thrive like he can uh we've seen him he can he can rack down uh, rack rounds of like 62 63 on we've seen it many occasions and Again, I think everyone's got mo- most people do have motivation, but he's he's at 87th in the FedEx Cup four rankings, so he needs a good performance uh, to break into the top 60. As we said earlier, the the bigger events that's how you get into them. So it's go time, and I just feel like it's um he's a really lively long shot this week. I really like his chances. It's just almost painfully obvious that he just wants to see the sea doesn't it like yeah 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 he just you just, just look at him and you go well i mean he plays the shrine as well which is the complete opposite because he's in the middle of the desert but that's where he's from um that's where he see uh, well, yeah. not from but that's where he went to college oh, yeah. and, and his home course right but then you look at his other finishes 28th at the sony open 34th at pebble beach and then exactly. those those finishes you talked about all came in a uh, four or four or five event span of seven for the Puerto Rico, 13 mm. for the Corrales, 28 for Texas and 10 for Mexico. Even, even Texas would have had a bit of wind. Um, I mean, even tied 15 for the Daniel Links. Right? Yeah, exactly that. Like That's amongst his best finishes. Like I don't know what his two Corn Ferry Tour events were like, whether there was any wind. Well, he, 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 didn't, he didn't actually surprisingly do that great in uh, the Bahamas events. Yeah. Uh, he did finish top 20 in one of them, but you'd have thought he would have uh, yeah, done much better in them as um actually batted it but he, he yeah. didn't um yeah but look since he's gone on to the pj tour though it's like as you said it's just 
gloomily obvious like it is this is what he wants so I think I think 110 to one seven places I think best price I think that's uh it's, it's, it's good it's good for me you can take one two five five places uh, yeah but I'd, I'd go seven yeah absolutely yeah take the extra place I think is, is probably definitely the, well, the extra couple of places is probably the way to go mm. it's it's interesting like, you can even get hundreds one eight places I think you even even be you know just take that extra place again because I yeah, think why not is, yeah is great right um so yeah absolutely understand uh harry hall one of them here um so jason's also put matty schmidt in for a top 20 completely understand that um i'm still slightly getting over the fact that he let me down in the final round at the end of this year but he's got all the attributes to be really good and his form is great on both sides of the tour both tours if you like um close for jason were davis thompson callum taran and chris gotterup which I, you, you know you've already talked about chris gotterup Davis mm-hmm. Thompson ticks a lot of boxes driving wise and Callum Taran, I was gonna mention him earlier, he's oh, just been really yeah, solid. He does as well. He's yeah. been so solid, isn't he? Um for a long oh, period yeah. of time now. So um yeah, like those. My final pick, Brad. Um hundred and twenty five to one eight places. I surprised myself a little bit with this one, but I think it's very much in the same vein as um Brandon Wu, and that's David Lipsky, who just for whatever reason, absolutely loves Paspal on grass. And you look at it, Mexico um, Open Championship he's played in, sixth and tenth there. Um, he finished tenth um, in this one as well last year, three rounds of 66. Add to that a seventh at the Corrales. It's very obvious that, you know, it's, it's either Mexico or Paspal on grass that David Lipsy absolutely loves. You look at the fact he's also been 18th or better in three of his last four starts in strokes going approach inside the top 30 in strokes going tee to green. And, you know, Tiger talked about the, you know, I don't know how much Tiger actually had influence on this golf course design back when he was probably still playing when it first opened. But mm-hmm. he talks about like having strategic approach shots. And you now this is where we might learn that actually bombing it 320 doesn't really work because you have to hit it 280 to get the right angle in do you know what I mean and yeah 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 that's the case I think David Lipsky could be sneakily quite a good pick he's not someone that breaks through with a lot a little bit like Grayson Sig I guess that never plays bad enough to kind of go out to massive mm-hmm. prices but three of open he was seventh after two rounds 11th after three rounds and finished 43rd Windham he was 16th after round one and kind of fell away 30th at the Fortinet, he was top 20 after the first two rounds. Uh, top 30 after two rounds at Sanson fell away. And then even at the Zozo, he had a third round 67 to get close to the top 20 and then fell away again. Like, yeah, he's not, not doing the four rounds, but given the field strength, given the pass palum, Brad, I think he can uh, he can come up trumps this week. Yeah, I think it's a it's an interesting shout that because I, I didn't I didn't um, consider him at all. No. Um, but yeah, having a look at him. Now I can completely see why you've picked him. And, it definitely, yeah. like, it's almost a little bit of like I'm going against the grain to make it. And sometimes I, I feel like you can galaxy brain yourself a little bit by doing it. But like, I just, it just feels you, you go back to even his stuff on like the DP World Tour and the Asian Tour, like third at the Malaysian Open on uh, Pass Ballam, mm-hmm. second um, at the Championship at Laguna National. Uh, 15th at the Macau Open. Like he's played a lot of Pass Ballon Gras, Shenzhen International. Like he's he's been around it 
a lot more than probably yeah. a lot of these PGA Tour players have. And then when he's got on the PGA Tour, he's he's been electric on it, like yeah. 22nd, 27th and 10th. And yeah. Coastal form as well is yeah. really like four foot Sony Open, of the 10th yeah. Panama Championship. There is just, yeah, it's loads. I'm just trying to think of see ones that you haven't um, pointed out. But uh, yeah, that just goes to show that it's just, just it's, there's loads in abundance there that, uh, yeah, which I think it's uh, a really interesting pick. Yeah, I can I can see why you're on board. I think it's just another one, Brad. Like, like I would get to the end of the week and I'd go, why is David Lipsy there? And sometimes I do do this. Like, I look back and go, like, could I have made a case for him? And I'd go, oh, yeah, like, he's got this correlative form that we do like. And he's played mm-hmm. a lot of good past balance and I wouldn't ever kick myself for not picking David Lipsky. Like he's not, you know, it's not a, it's not someone I think, oh, I'm going to be on him every week. But I do like him as a player and he's, he's been a good DP World Tour winner. So um, I do like it. But there we go. That's my final pick. like it. Brad, you're rounding us off today. <laughs> um, With a bit of Adam Long. Yeah. And I always love always love this when I say he's, he's, he's Adam Long, but he's not Long. Um, yeah, that is not so. Long by name, not by nature and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But give us the reason why Adam Long at 150 to 8 places still. Uh, yeah. It's good value this week. It is good value. Um, and yeah, more than anyone, Adam Long was probably the, the most sad to see live still El Camelon away from the PGA <laughs> Tour. His, his, his record there was just sublime. Uh, from four appearances, yeah, um, he finished second, third, 22nd, had one missed cut. Um, but yeah, even though it's not being played there this year and it's a, a different course, uh, he, he still made a lot of appeal at the price. He's uh, he's he's a good record. He has a good record in these type of events. Uh, along with his Camelion record, he also has uh, a fifth and an eighth place at Corollas. Um He has finished 15th and 18th in his two starts at Vedanta Velata um, in the Mexico Open. He also just has a ridiculous, ridiculously impressive record in Mexico in general. Like on top of um, the form at El Camelon and uh, Vedanta, he also has uh, sit for 15th place finishes on the Corn Ferry Tour in the El Bos Mexico Championship. So, yeah, I'm not sure what it is, but Adam Long loves Mexico. Uh, he did play on the Latin America Tour early on in his career, so maybe... That gave him a level of comfort with the grass course types or just the place in general um, that others might not have. I'm, I'm just speculating, but yeah, that could that could be it. Uh, could be where it started, and he just either way, um, he's available at a massive price, 150 to one this week, and I, I want I want to have a piece of it because it looks as though he's turned a bit of a corner in his last couple of point appearances, um, back to back 35 place finishes at the Sanderson Farms and the Shriners and he hit the ball really well both events um the one thing he lacks as you've already alluded to is distance off the tee which we've already said could well be a massive advantage given the wide fairways but we also said it's not good to have all our eggs in one basket so this is one of them selections where he he just ticks far too many boxes for that to put me off um, and for a course we haven't seen play before, I think it's there's no harm in having someone like this uh, on your card. Um, he also sits in the danger zone at 143 uh, in the FedEx Cup full rankings with a big performance needed. He needs to get um, in the 1-2-5 if he wants to retain his full PJ Tour card. 
Um, so yeah, I've given his record in Mexico. I'm sure he has targeted this event um, as his lifeline. Well, yeah, sure I, I hope so. I think with Long, like he was a player. I always, I think probably even as you first joined the podcast, Brad. Like I really liked Adam Long, and I probably put him mm-hmm. up more than I probably should have done. Like I, he was always something. If I saw him at triple digits, I was quite intrigued. Um, mm-hmm. And even in some of the, the smaller fields at shorter rods, I liked him. Like. It felt that that win against Mickelson kind of stuck in my memory for ages, and probably, yeah. probably, probably maybe a bit biased towards him. But like, you look at his events, and when he finished 37th at the 3M Open, he was 14th at the halfway stage. And this is what I say about that kind of hidden form on tour. It was like 35th, um, <laughs> as you said. And what I liked about the two 35ths back to back is they were done in kind of separate ways. So the 35th at the Sands of Harm was basically the best result he could have got. Um, he kind of you know, got better as the week went on. But yeah. the Shriners, he opened with a 66 and was ninth after round one, 11th after round two. Shot 72 on the Saturday, which at the Shriners is always going to send you backwards. And then sort of bounced back straight away over 67 on Sunday. So that's mm. the last memory we've got at Adam Long. We know he loves, absolutely loves, he's probably got, has put him grass in his garden. <laughs> like he... I reckon he might have actually like got his agent to try and propose a move to live just to you know just to play in my Cobra every year. Um, yeah. yeah, like Adam Long, you could probably start that rumor. I reckon like the fact that his his kind of career nosedive when Live came about, like maybe he was just so dejected by the fact he didn't get a move to Live because of the Mike Over thing. That yeah, yeah. and now away his favorite yeah. course. I'd love I'd love to start that kind of rumor of like. Adam <laughs> Um, and I'm pretty sure Adam Long's the one that also has the MLB patch on his like sleeve of his like polos whatever. Which, it might be him. It might. I think Cameron Young's got it as well. Let me just have a look. Um, but I find it weird that he's basically sponsored by a sport, um, which I just yeah, strange I just, one. Yeah, I it, it might actually. I'm sure it has been Adam Long, but I could be making this up. But yeah, we'll look out for Adam Long's. Uh, sleeve so, yeah. as well. Um, definitely, Cameron Young's had it in recent years as well. Like, I don't know how you're. That's not being sponsored by the Premier League, which is just absolutely mm. outrageous. Um, but there we go. That's the kind of useless information. Last week, Brad, the useless information was if you finish 64th last week, you've got a good chance of contending. That didn't come to fruition. <laughs> the, um, Qatar Masters, but interesting. I'm, I'm really shocked by that. Well, yeah, interesting though. So we've got another case that could happen here, Brad. So you've gone with Adam Long, who's got back to about 35th place finishes, and mm. in Lipsky's last two cuts, he's finished 51st. So all right, so maybe what we're saying? Just you know, maybe it's just hedge, you've got hedge your bets for another. 35 and uh, no I'm, I'm, I'm saying like if you if you've got like back-to-back performances maybe it's time that you won oh right okay i'm with you now like, yeah yeah, you yeah know, consistently crazy. consistently bang win um that's frustrated they don't want to they don't want to yeah. Like, yeah here's yeah. how i'm gonna break away from my 51st place finish i'm just gonna win <laughs> I'm gonna fucking win <laughs> yeah like it's just the the ultimate motivation is it like, i can't finish 51st again well, i'm all for it this narrative I'm all yeah for it. so that's it i'm building one out um the other player I want to talk about, who I haven't actually bet myself yet, um, Kelly Craft seems to have had a little bit of a you know, career. Yes, he has. Um, mm-hmm. Win the championship, he was seventh after round one, finished 33rd. He was 25th at the Fortinet, where he was third after round one, fifth after round two. Uh, then he was 16th at the Sands and Farms, 23rd at the Shriners, weekend rounds of 65, 66 there. You look at his Paz Palom record, 15th at the Puerto Rico Open, 3rd at the Corrales, 
fifth at the Corrales, 14th at the Corrales, 16th at the Corrales. Now, it isn't the Corrales, but he's got no. 15th at the Puerto Rico Open. He's got 33rd at the RB Classic. He's got, you know, several other decent events. Yep. Um, yeah, another player, another player that was on my shortlist, funnily yeah. enough. Yeah, 15, really, as you said, at the Mexico Open. He's, he's probably yeah. a bit of a player. He's turned, oh good, he's turned a massive corner. Yeah. Last four events. And he hit the ball ridiculously well at the Shrine. It was his first in approach. Yeah, I can tell you how good he is. Because I, I did not, didn't we, oh, I get really excited about Kelly Craft. at like 400 won about six weeks ago or something. And mm, told myself yeah. he was going to win and finish like 67th. And now he's, here he is, 150 to 200 to one, So... I don't want to call myself a good judge, but you know maybe it's just a few. <laughs> here we go. It's um, it is what it is. But yeah, this this is a good feature I've never actually featured on here before. Is the most popular bet section on uh, Odds Check. Okay, let's have a look. Let's have a look. But it's Akshay Batia, which yeah. is no surprise. Cameron Champ's second. Uh, mm-hmm. Lucas Herbert, who I haven't actually. I've not seen that. Yeah, I like myself a little bit of Lucas Herbert this week as well. Do get it. Uh, Emiliano Grillo, Eric Van Royen. Um, so I think it's because Herbert's in the in the massive danger of not having his um, card without a good performance here. Well, obviously, he's got a little bit of time I've, left. But, yeah. Have you seen him mentioned? Like, I haven't. Like, I'm not... Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, haven't, I haven't been looking, but I can imagine he's popular. I mean, odds checker saying that, so, and his odds come yeah, in. So. Yeah, it must be true. But um, He was 50 to 1 um, since I last looked. So, yeah, he must be uh, gaining quite a few takers. But, yeah, he's also, he hasn't got the best form on the PGA Tour in Passport, but he, he's um, on the Saudi, uh, the, what's it? What's that course called? Royal Greens? Yeah. Yeah, he's had a good performance there. So he's, he's got that, and obviously we know he's a good wind player, um, and yeah, he's, he's done it by the coast before. So I can see, I could, oh, I do really like it. I do really like a bit Lucas Herbert this week. You do like him, don't you? Like in general, like I think you like him. I think Sky really likes him as well. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, I feel like he's a very gutsy character. I, I, he's sort of person. You want your money. You want your money to be on. If he gets this sniff in contention, you know he doesn't always do it. But when he's up there, I feel like he it gives you a good run for your money. Yeah, no, I do. I, feel, I share that sentiment at least. Mm. Uh, one player like, like if we're just talking about pure distance and just gives it a bit of a bash and seems to relish these smaller fields and like seeing the sea again. Um, Brent Grant was 30th at Bermuda last year, 20th at Pebble Beach, 8th at the Corrales. These are his best finishes of the season last year. Just finished 35th at the Shriners. I don't think it's good enough to suggest that he's going to win, but the 8th at the Corrales, 19th for the Great Exuma Classic are like standout. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He's got form on the Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah. I don't think he can do anything, but maybe just one of those like top 40 type things, make the cut yeah. type bets if you do those sort of things. Trevor Cohn gives it an absolute he, he, he was another one that got excited about for about three weeks. and then not, haven't seen his form though. 66, 64th, miscut, miscut, 73rd, miscut. So I mean, there's he, nothing to write home about. No, he, I mean, it is to write home about, about how shit it is. But yeah, they deserve to be down here, these two players, Brent Grant and Trevor Cohn. But I just think mm. it's like him, those two, Kevin Westmoreland, like these people that just that just pop up in driving stats are eventually gonna 
um, just have a good week and maybe it's it's at one of these events but mm. that's probably silly well, how season. about how about this this someone who i looked at that Isaiah cylinder yeah he was obviously a really good, top apparently. amateur um because he's not coming nice. up he's 26 no no he's been about he's been about for ages well i say that yeah 25 26 but he i remember him on amateur scene and then he he'd come on and played corn Ferry tour for a little bit and then sort of went away. I don't know if he was playing like the pro golf tour. No, he played Canada. I was just looking there. I played Canadian tour. Yeah. And then I just, he just don't know where he went for like two years, but now I know. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he's come back strong. He's come back strong this year on the Corn Ferry tour and got a chance. I think he's just missed out. And then, uh, yeah. I don't know how he's he got, got that start. opportunity. Yeah, I don't know how he even got that start at Shriners, but he finishes seventh there and gets. No, no, it was Monday Q. It was Monday oh, Q. I, I took the wrong Monday Q. I'm trying to think who I took now. I also uh, I fancied a Monday qualifier. I can't really think. My memory's terrible. I'm trying to look now. Right. Uh, it's not in. Oh, Tim Whiting. Yeah, I, I backed oh, Tim yeah. Whiting in. Yeah, who was another Monday qualifier. So this week you've got Jeffrey Kang who's had a pretty good season on the Canadian tour. Yeah. Um, he's Monday queued. I think, I can't remember who else. I know that um, Peter Quest's Monday queued, um, which obviously he's gone straight in at um, 80 to 1, which I think's a bit short yeah. for me. People like him though, don't they? He's been yeah, yeah, there's a lot of people googling him. I, 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 he hasn't really done enough for me to convince me yet. The, I've been back to him once. The view done. with uh, Jeffrey Kang is slightly different. A thousand to one or 250 to one. That's uh, it. I was just looking at it, yeah. So it'd be interesting. Might, to see that might have a big, big top 40 price potentially. Yeah. Um, I think that's it, Brad. I think we've. Yeah. we've it's a silly season with the names that we're talking about now. Um, in silly season, yeah. <laughs> we are in general, aren't we, to be fair? Um, well, let me summarise Jason's pick first. So he's gone with Luke List at 40 to 1, Cameron Champ, who's now 50 to 1, Eric Van Royen, 80 to 1. He was close on Davis Thompson, Callum Taran, and Chris Gottrap. And then he put in a top 20 for Matty Schmid. Um, I am going to reluctantly pass on Bo Hosler. Um if he wins then so be it. Like I'll I'll get over it. Um it was twenty eight to one, which means I'm starting uh my card with Cameron Champ at the fifty to one eight places. I'm now gonna add in Sam Ryder, I've convinced myself at eighty to one in front of Brandon Wu at ninety to one, both of those eight places as well. And then finishing off with David Lipsky at one hundred and twenty five to one eight places. So all of those eight places, really nice to have that option uh, in a field like this. Brad, your picks for the Worldwide Technology Championship. The Worldwide Technology Championship, I have gone for Emiliano Grillo, 28 to 1. That's Skybet, eight places. I've gone with Akshay Batia, 35 to 1, Skybet as well, eight places. Then I've gone for Harry Hall, 110 to 1. I'm going to be risky and uh gonna take him that way seven places yeah no doubt he'll finish eighth now and I'll, you'll be <laughs> like oh, i told you so and i'll like, shut the fuck up <laughs> and then i will go for adam long as my final pick 150 to one sky bet as well i think it's got to be put into perspective like when we're picking these 150 to one shots in this field it's like picking a 400 to one shot in a normal field so uh, as much as our cards are kind of ending at 151 this week, I think they're all um, relatively bold once you get past kind of 100 to 1 mark. So a lot of decent long shots there. Um, I think Harry Hall's the one that's intriguing me the most. I didn't really, 
I knew he's been kind of playing well and he likes a fast start, but I hadn't really noticed how good his pass pattern form was until I spoke to you and Matt. So, um, maybe jump on board. Yeah, maybe. Definitely one of those people I'm going to put in the old first round leader picks, I think. He loves the mm, yeah, loves yeah. fast start. Hopefully, he gets one of those like 6 a.m. tea times and smashes yeah. one. Um, but there we go. Um, Brad, that's it. I think we'll. Uh, We'll leave it there for the Worldwide Technology Championship that I never shortened to WWT. Um, what have we got? We've got the Ned Bank next week. And yep. is it Bermuda? Bermuda? I think it's Bermuda, yeah. So I don't, you know, I don't love the Bermuda, obviously. The field's always a bit weak, but it's also quite intriguing some of the names you get in the field. So. Yeah, it's a similar sort of field, isn't it? I don't yeah. mind deciphering these events. You know, it's kind of fun, you know, because you're picking different names, aren't you? Well, Adam Scott's playing. Oh, right. Bloody uh, hell. Which is a bit of a weird one. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. They've obviously spent a bit of money because the last two commitments, Adam's got an actual between. So um, I know they're also given an invite to George Bryan of the Bryan Bros. So it's not all um, all flash. But they, yeah, I wonder if they've got any more announcements. They're just the two that have popped up when I've started giving. And Jimmy Walker's there. Not sure if that's something that needs posting about these days. Jason Duffner, Lucas Glover. Glover's playing as well. So you've got Glover, Scott and Batia that are going to be at the top of that market. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Stuart Sink. You've got some veterans in there. Uh, Branson. Mm -hmm. Interesting that they feel like these need commitment posts. It's like Branson, Edeker and and Jason Duffner. Lucas Herbert's back, 2021 winner. Brendan Todd. So it's actually a relatively decent field. compared to what we've maybe seen the Bermuda in the past. So obviously spending a bit of cash in the full series. Plus, I guess the full series initiative does do this, right? Like they need to, to, yeah. to get into the... Also, something what I didn't bring up is that interesting, there's a few of the, the JGTO, the Japanese golf tour uh, players yeah. are in the third this week, which I the, noticed. One I was interested in was Ishikawa. Yeah, Ishikawa and uh, uh, Kenzai Harata is on yeah. a great run of form at the moment, but I think it's just, I don't... Oh, it's a bit of a flash in the pan, maybe. I, I don't know. I'm a bit worried, but I feel like Ishikawa might will have the, you know, the head on him to maybe. He's been be, here, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. That's what I mean. He's been to the Sony Open as well. He's done, been about in these sort of fields. And when you look at his past Palom record, second at the Puerto Rico Open in 2012, 11th for the Thailand Championship, 11th, uh, 15th for the Thailand Championship, 19th for the Puerto Rico Open, 10th for the CIMB Classic, like. He likes a bit of Pass Palum. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting one, isn't it? It's very interesting. He yeah. he's one that I think he's playing well enough and he's been on the BJ tour. He was on there for a significant period of time. Like he, he was, yeah. Two hundred twenty eight places is not terrible in Ishikawa. So he might be another one that gets into my uh first round leader bracket probably. Mm-hmm. That's it, Brad. I uh Let's wrap it up it there. Um but good to have you back on. Looking forward to next week and hopefully between all of that worldwide technology championship talk, we've found the winner. Here's hoping. Here's hoping.